This is Condopedia. Here, we talk about everything related to condo law in Ontario, with hopefully some humor mixed in. Hi everyone, hope you're all doing well. Recently, Mo and I recorded an episode to talk about some recent updates to COVID-19 issues as they relate to condominiums. Given the nature of this area, things can change relatively quickly, and even before I was able to get this episode out, some things have changed. The one area that has changed is with respect to the deadline for conducting virtual meetings without an electronic meeting bylaw. The deadline has now been extended to May 31st, 2021. Now, this doesn't mean that an extension has been provided in relation to AGMs. AGMs for this year, if your condominium has not held one, still has to be conducted. But at least now you can hold a virtual meeting even after the November 21st, 2020 date, which was the original deadline. You can find the latest information on updates to Ontario condominium law by visiting dhacondolaw.ca slash blog. With all that being said, here's the episode. I'm here today with Mo Kandakar, who is the newest lawyer of our firm. Hi, Mo. Hi, David. How are you? This is the first time Mo is going to be on a Conopedia podcast, but hopefully not the last. <laughs> I'm really glad to be here. Thank you for having me. So, Mo, you've been with us for a while now, and you've recently been called to the bar, if I'm not mistaken, right? I did. Yeah, I have. I have. I just, I just got called uh, in June. So, yeah. How does it feel? Feels great. It's been. Um, sorry, did I say June? Yeah, you did. I think. Sorry, I meant I meant August. Sorry, that was a that was a brain freeze on my part. It's been um, it's it's been a process, and obviously, it's uh, I'm really excited to be finally in the big leagues and finally be a lawyer. Uh, I'm sure with like with all other law students, it's been um, it's something that we all work towards, and so it, it's um, it's always great to sort of get done with that huge step, step and finally enter their profession. So yeah, it wasn't in June, it was in August. Uh, it took me a while to, I got to, I got done with my articling in June, but it took me a while with COVID and everything. And this year has been really sort of all over the place uh, as with everything else, like uh, our, our bar exam results and then calls, calls got delayed. And there actually wasn't a formal ceremony this year. So it was all, everything was done administratively. So yeah, all in all, it's been a, it's been a really, um, strange interesting process but I'm, I'm really happy to finally be done and be alert don't worry about it you know like with this pandemic and everything i feel like the months are just blurring together and i'm just looking forward to getting this year over with so. yeah i agree absolutely it's it's so like everything is just so um it's tough it's it's really like a new reality for everyone i think and especially for us even that like we're, we're also adapting and i find that like for me, like having done most of my articles, like in, in normal circumstances, quote unquote, I think that adapting to it now as a, as a lawyer, it's it's also, it's just very interesting all in all. And so, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Well, I'm happy you're with us. So you're when you're in doing Kano Law now. How are you finding it? It's interesting. It's, it's, um, so I never, um, I don't know. I don't know if you get this a lot, but I, I never had, had the intention of practicing Kano Law or I never went into like law with the goal of like condo law is exactly what I want to do but honestly um, having articled at DHA and just the experience here I think that um, the, the the kind of training that I received doing condo law I think that it's it's really been a great all-round training for me as a as a lawyer and um, 
I think the the most interesting thing for me is that there's a really good balance I find between the whole like litigation side of things, um, as well as like the sort of more solicitor based work, if you want to call it that, just to be able to sort of um, advise clients on on paperwork and deal with contracts and so on, but also to go to court often. So what I really like about condo law is that it's a whole um, that it's a really good balance and also like I think practicing condo law and being like being involved in this in this area of practice for like the past 10 months with Arclay, now 11, 11 months, one month as a lawyer. I think that it's really a whole ecosystem with like different parts and parcels. And it's really been interesting for me to try and sort of familiarize myself with uh, with how everything works uh, in condo world, so to say. All right, let's talk about COVID-related condominium issues. All right. So if our listeners have been following our blogs, They'll notice that Mo has been writing a lot of blogs about COVID-related issues. He's become one of our in-house experts on this topic. And our listeners have also probably heard him from back in the spring uh, in those earlier episodes when we had those seminars related to COVID-19. So Mo, things have probably changed since the spring. What are some of those changes for condominiums in relation to COVID-19? Yeah, things have changed, and that's not putting it lightly at all. Um, I think um, I, I think for condos, just like with every other part of people's daily lives, you're, we're seeing some very, very important changes, both and that have both um, very important legal implications and social implications, so to say. Um, so I guess the first thing we need to sort of be cognizant of and acknowledge is the fact that things are moving really, really fast, especially with um, the sort of regulations that are being brought in uh, uh, regularly by both the provincial government as well as you know municipal governments here in Ottawa and Kingston and in other cities. Um, as many of our listeners, I'm sure, will be aware, we currently find ourselves in the middle of the second wave of the COVID-19 pandemic. And we know that very just recently, the government has downsized uh, limits for gatherings and social events even further. So in the past, under the, the framework for reopening the province um, that the government had released, uh, the, the gathering limits were 50 people indoors and 100 people outdoors. But I guess as of uh, almost, it's been what, two, three weeks? The gov- the, um, the new gathering limits are, 20, are 10 people indoors and 25 people outdoors. And this is in light of the, the increasing number of cases that come with, with the second wave. So I guess since there are the episodes that we did in the spring, we've seen a number of questions that have popped up from all over from our clients about, you know, the new gathering limits, about the requirements to wear masks and the common element of condominiums, which is which is mandatory, just to remind everyone. Um, so I think on our side, we're constantly having to stay on the ball in order to be able to advise our clients in, in an appropriate manner. I think that's the reason why we're just putting out so many blogs. Uh, just to make sure that we stay updated and we keep our clients updated on what's going on. So, yeah, and to, to put it simply, I think that the changes are very, very um, quick and they're coming quickly, but we need to be updated to ensure that we keep people safe. So, yeah. Yeah, the current increasing cases is very unfortunate. Um, Mo, can you give our listeners a quick rundown of the list of what current restrictions or obligations condominiums in Ontario have to follow? Yeah, so I guess the, the two major ones that just come come to, come to mind for me, firstly, is obviously the gathering limits, to be able to respect the gathering limits. So 
there are new limits on private gatherings and events that are being held um, in, in private in sort of um, different different venues, including inside condominiums. So, like I said, that the gathering limits have been reduced to 10 people indoors and 25 people outdoors. So, condominiums, both condo residents and condominium corporations and property management, need to be mindful of that. Um, with those limits, there are also severe sort of fines that are being imposed because the government is really coming down hard on these things. So, um, the the fine right now stands at $10,000 for those who are up to $10,000 for those who are ho found hosting events that are in violation of the new limits. And I believe it's um, it's a little over $700. I believe it's $750 for, everything, for, att for attendees of these events. So the government is really looking to try and um, restrict these as much as possible. So that's one thing. Secondly is the requirement to wear face masks. I mean, I, I live in a condominium, so I've seen this uh, not being respected, unfortunately, but it's very, very important for condominium residents and boards to keep in mind that face masks and fa like masks and, and face coverings are mandatory now in um, the common elements of the condominium. Uh, so whenever we have residents going about, whether that's in the lobby, the elevators, uh, meeting rooms and so on, they need to wear masks. Of course, there are exceptions. And I think if you want to look at the exceptions, you can go to the, the temporary mask uh, bylaw that the city of Ottawa has enacted. Uh, there are exceptions for certain categories, but generally speaking, uh, masks are mandatory. So those are the two big things that come to mind. And then obviously there are restrictions when it comes to amenities. And I think we'll discuss that uh, just just in, in a bit. Right. Um, can you also let me know if I got this understanding as well? I, I seem to remember that there's also a requirement for condominiums in Ottawa to have hand sanitizer at entrances. Yes, 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 yes. So that one, uh, so yeah. So that's another very important restriction. So condos, have to have a COVID-19 protocol in place. So part of that is to include hand sanitizer at all entrances to the condominium and make sure that there is signage available in the common elements that, that is okay. visible uh, to ensure that people are sanitizing and maintaining social dis or physical distancing, distancing as we call it now. Okay. So that's, that's very important as well, yes. All right, now we can talk a little bit about condo amenities. Uh, at my condo, the amenities are still closed. Is that the same with yours, Mo? Yeah, so everything has closed in my condo, and it has been closed since March. Uh, there hasn't been any opening, so gyms closed, pools closed, uh, meeting rooms, all of that is closed, absolutely. And I think that, from my understanding, I think that the number, um, basically, what we're what we're saying right now is because so. Just to recap a little bit on things, initially with the uh, frameworks that was released by the government, there were a number of amenities that are allowed to be open under stage three of the government's sort of framework to reopen the province. Um, and so at that time, we had advised condominiums that ultimately the board has to make a decision to decide whether or not and how they want to go about um, sort of reopening these amenities. Now, I think that with the new gathering limits, there's an additional caution that comes with that. To, because boards also have to comply with the new gathering limits to ensure that the people who are accessing the amenities at one time, if they do decide to to open these amenities, um, that that's in compliance with the with the law. 
So from our side, what we're seeing, um, like you were saying, David, is that a lot of condominiums have just decided, you know what, we're just going to keep the amenities close for now. It's 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 better. It's it's more cost effective, I guess, and it's simpler. And it you know it 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 can annoy many residents. And I, and you know I'm, I'm, I acknowledge that as someone who, you know, I've I've not been able to sort of uh, access the gym or the pool in my condominium for like many months now, and it does get annoying. But I think that ultimately uh, the the bigger picture sort of is to ensure that we 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 uh, we ensure the safety of residents and sort of limit the risks of of transmission of COVID nineteen. So I I find that. Um, at this time, when we have condos that are coming to us saying that, you know what, we just decided to keep our, our amenities closed, um, we say, you know what, that's that's a perfectly reasonable and sound decision. Um, as we, as well as many other condo lawyers have been advising, just because you can do something, i.e. just because you can open amenities doesn't mean you should do it. And at this time, keeping amenities closed is a perfectly reasonable decision in our view. Right, yeah. So I think at the end of the day, it is the condo board that makes the ultimate decision. I know that for my condo, they're thinking about reopening the amenities because obviously owners and residents want to use them. But for them to do that, they're contemplating that they'll probably have to hire a full-time attendant to be on site to make sure users comply with the various restrictions. And they're also considering implementing a time reservation system for those individuals who are going to use those amenities. So even if a board decides to reopen uh, the amenities in their building, there may be some additional costs and a board may decide to incur those costs, but every community will be a bit different. Yeah, I think ultimately that's 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 what we've been saying um, on our side is that, you know, the boards are the best placed in our view to make that call to say, you know, what are the specific needs of their community? What What is, how large is that specific condominium community? What are sort of, how are the residents going about it? So I think it, it, it's ultimately, as we said, it, the decision is up to the boards. And I think that the, the the measures that your condo is taking are very good to have someone, you know, in attendance full time to ensure that residents or attendees who are sort of using the amenities comply with the requirements. Um, but like you said, ultimately, that that decision is up to the board to decide what is the best approach going forward. Uh, I would just like to reiterate that it's very important to keep in mind the gathering limits and very important to comply with the law because they are the government is coming down hard on um, on 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 these aspects. So it's very important to to ensure compliance with these. All right, let's change up a little bit. Now let's talk about AGMs. We're in October now, so the year is ending. And when the pandemic first started and Ontario passed those emergency regulations condominiums were allowed to kick the AGM can down the road. But unfortunately, the year is about to end and the roads are becoming shorter and shorter. Mo, what are some of the current restrictions affecting AGMs? Yeah, so basically, uh, the sort of COVID-19 completely changed the game when it came to AGM. So basically, um, like you said, in there, there were amendments brought to the Condominium Act in April that allowed condominiums to sort of push back their AGMs, and a number of condominiums um, have done so. Uh, that that were supposed to initially hold their AGMs in the spring or sometime throughout the summer, they're sort of holding them now. Um, what we're seeing is both in terms of the delay, obviously as as we mentioned, but also in the manner and the way the AGMs are being held. Uh, we're seeing that because of the amendments to the Condominium Act. The demands are brought in April. Condominiums have been allowed to hold their AGMs virtually instead of doing it in person. Uh, now, here I just want to emphasize that, you know, as per the the amendments, 
at this point, condominiums are still allowed to hold their their you know AGMs virtually up till November 21st, 2020. So November 21st of like next month, like basically next month, um, they can do that without passing a bylaw. After that November 21st date, condominiums that want to hold their AGMs virtually will need to pass a bylaw. So I think for condominiums that don't have an AGM bylaw in place, it may be an option to consider. Um, but to, to answer your question, I think that what we're seeing now is more and more condominiums are switching to the virtual AGMs, and that's become even more um, uh, strong since the uh, new gathering limits have been in place. Now, our firm has helped with doing some virtual AGMs. Mo, you've done a few yourself, right? I have, I have yes. What are your thoughts about how those have gone for you? So I think, um, firstly, I think it's, it's it's important to remember that this is a really difficult time for everybody, including everyone in the sort of condo ecosystem. And that includes, you know, residents, owners, owners slash residents, boards, as well as condo lawyers will all having to sort of adapt to what is now the new reality. Um, so I, I think in terms of the, the AGMs, the virtual AGMs that our firm has hosted, uh, David, they've been they've gone pretty smoothly. And I would um, I would really credit that to our partners and to uh, the lawyers at our firm, uh, particularly uh, Cheryl, uh, Nancy, and Christy. I mean, they have a, a huge amount of experience hosting AGMs as is, and I think they've sort of, you know, when they host AGMs, I, I've had the opportunity to assist on a couple of them, co-host, um, and, and they make it they they make that process so smooth and so easy for people to understand, even for people who are hosting it or sort of attending a an online AGM for the first time. I think that for us, we ensure that when we have a virtual AGM that's coming up, we ensure we get the preparation done ahead of time. So what's what with respect to registration. And then when it comes to the actual AGM itself, we take, you know, we, we really make sure to explain things step by step when it comes to logistics, you know, how to vote, how to use different um, virtual platforms that we're using to, to conduct the AGM. So I think once those things are out of the way, so A, the registration and B, the sort of logistical elements of it, logistic elements of it, um, it's like pretty much any other meeting. And in my experience, the, the, the ones that I've had the privilege to host uh, or co-host rather, they've gone very, very smoothly. Yeah, I've heard that too. And I'm going to be also hosting some virtual AGMs as well later this year, same as many of our other colleagues. And so far, I've always heard the same things, good things about virtual AGMs. Obviously, we're still in an adjustment period, but I know that we are trying our best to get our condominium corporations through their AGMs for this year. Hopefully, we'll have a more normalish AGM period next year. But Mo, what do you think has been the biggest challenge so far in terms of virtual AGMs? So yeah, like just to, just to sort of... Um follow up on that, on that question. I, I absolutely agree with you. I think the feedback that we've gotten for the ones that we've hosted here at DHA oftentimes is for people to say like, you know, we, we went into this process really sort of unsure about how to do this. But once after we hosted them, they were really confident about how it went. And I think that um, for us, you know, with the pandemic, it's really become a new reality. And so in my opinion, I think that for I, I hope that we might go back to normal AGMs and person AGMs uh soon but i i anticipate that it might become part of the new rally even after the pandemic is just just because you know the, in our experience the virtual agms have been very very efficient um yeah so i think um so in, in in my personal view just because for me 
you know, virtual AGM aside, even hosting AGMs, this was my first time sort of doing it. And so um, I think that for us, registration tends to be a big challenge. Obviously, it's not the same thing as an in-person AGM where we get everything done on the spot. We have, you know, attendees on site. Um, here, we need to do, we need to ensure that things are done ahead of time, uh, make sure we register all the residents because we want to make sure that everyone gets a chance to participate. Oftentimes, what we have is uh, people who are a little less tech savvy who don't uh, want to do it virtually, they'll call in. So we need to arrange for those sort of um, those options. And during the um, during the meeting itself, I think another challenging component has been to try and ensure that you know we start and and we keep the process sort of going smoothly, and we explain to people step by step how to go ahead and uh, you know whether it's casting their votes, raising their hands, doing a motion, whatever it is, to explain the sort of logistics of it. But um, so yeah, those are the two things that, in my view, have been a little bit more challenging, and it's been something that we've had to adapt to for electronic and, and virtual AGMs uh, specifically. Great. I think even if things go back to normal, there's still going to be a virtual component likely for either owners meetings and or board meetings moving forward. Now for our last segment, I'm going to switch tracks a bit. As some of our listeners may know, our firm services Eastern Ontario generally, and this includes Kingston, Ontario. Mo, can you give our listeners an update on how things are going in Kingston for condos? Yeah, so, you know, needless to say, just like every, everywhere else in the province, the residents and condo owners in Kingston are also experiencing, you know, the, the full effects of COVID-19 on their day-to-day lives. And so they're seeing a lot of changes. Um, we blogged about this very recently, uh, but on September 18th, uh, the, the, the Kingston City Council uh, issued an emergency order that basically restricts condo, uh, congregations of t- more than 10 people in the downtown core in Kingston. So that's one thing, that's one recent change that, that's that's affecting Kingston, and specifically with respect to condominiums and uh, multi-unit residential buildings. We know that Kingston has now made it mandatory to wear masks um, in the common areas of, of condos and, and uh, multi-unit residential buildings. So to be to be clear, condominium like common areas includes places like lobbies, elevators, meeting rooms, and so on. Um, in addition to that, uh, the emergency order that was passed requires condos to put up signage for residents to make sure that they wear masks, and it gives a lot of um, enforcement powers to both Kingston police as well as bylaw officers. So these are definitely changes that we saw in Ottawa and that now we're seeing in Kingston as well. So. Um, just just to mention as well for the gathering limits, we know that the new gathering limits are like 10 people indoors, 25 outdoors. This is in effect province-wide for the next 28 days. But after that 28 days, it's it's difficult to say what's going to happen. So Kingston wasn't originally covered. Originally, it was only supposed to be for Ottawa, Toronto, and the Peel region. Um, the government has eventually decided to sort of affect the province. So after the next 28 days, by the end of October, uh, we may see the old gathering limits coming back into effect in Kingston, or we may not. It's difficult to say, but I would uh, my my suggestion to residents and condo owners in, in Kingston would be to keep an eye on that and uh, be aware of any changes that we may see. So yeah, that's the situation um, in Kingston at the moment. Wow, that was a very comprehensive update. Thanks, Mo, for taking the time to speak with me. I want to say that Hopefully, the next time you're on this podcast, we'll be talking about something else. But given the length of this pandemic, 
uh, I wouldn't be surprised if um, you'll be here again to talk about COVID-19. But I'm sure we'll make an effort to ensure that you'll be on the podcast to talk about other topics as well. Yeah, and just just before I leave again, it's 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 been a pleasure speaking with you, and I, I think that it's really important to remind ourselves that uh, you know it's it's a difficult time for everyone. You know, everyone's working from home, whether it's condominium or not. Like everyone is working from like most people right now are working from home. A lot of people are losing jobs. It's a really really difficult time, and I think it's important for us to sort of support one another um, as much as possible, and sort of to keep you know the big picture, which is to ensure the safety of people. First and foremost, it's tough. Uh, a lot of, like we, we spoke about, a lot of amenities are closed. It's difficult. Everyone's sort of day-to-day life is disrupted. And uh, there are a lot of uncertainties, but it's important to um, to keep that support. So absolutely. We're all in this together. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Mo. Thank you, David. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. Condopedia is brought to you by Davidson Hu Allen, a boutique condominium law firm servicing Eastern Ontario. You can find more about our firm on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, or on our website at davidsoncondolaw.ca. This podcast is for information purposes only and is not intended to provide legal opinion or advice, which cannot be given without knowing the facts of a specific situation. Use of this podcast does not establish a solicitor and client relationship. The intro and outro music is provided by Purple Planet. You can find them at purple-planet.com.